G'day punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 50. I'm Nick Quinn and once again joined by the superstar former Hawthorne skipper Shane Crawford. Crawford, welcome to the show. Nicholas Quinn, lovely to join you. <laughs> now normally Crawford, I have a rule we don't say anything nice about you, but this week our guest oh. Brody Holland, unfortunately, he's going to break that trend. Who was the hardest player to tag then? Oh. Obviously, I was still fairly young at you know, at that stage and still building my fitness. And mm. uh, he was just a gut runner and he would run from forward pocket to the back pocket, back to forward pocket at a real high speed. Yeah. He never walked. He fast jog was about the slowest um, he, he would run, but he was in that sort of three-quarter pace all day. Reluctantly, I'm going to introduce Brody Holland on the back of that. I found some old audio of you praising yeah, well, Crawford. I've been, trying get, I've been trying to get on this show for a while, and I thought that was my best way to get <laughs> Mate, on. Uh, Where well, you're on, and you're my favourite guest. <laughs> no, but you, you weren't always. I know we're not going to go straight into footy, Quinny, because it's okay. You can settle down. But you weren't always a tag. Yeah? We're going to no. talk a lot about you kicking goals and what you did up in the forward line. But it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I know me. you're still Excited heavily involved in community footy which is mm-hmm. awesome yep. and um, we did have a bit of a link through our playing days because we love getting our gear off um, <laughs> that's right <laughs> but you you were, you grew up in Tasmania didn't you or well, I'm you from stuck, Tassie yeah, yeah. northern suburbs of Hobart a uh, suburb called Glenorchy down there yeah mm-hmm. so uh, obviously uh uh, did some of my best work down there and then uh, got drafted. Uh, as a, in those days, all 17-year-olds could get yep. drafted. One club could take a 17-year-old, so I left pretty early and went over to the Dockers. Yeah, so what did you think? So obviously play, playing mm. days down in Tasmania, yeah. beautiful part of the world, I yeah. love it, but pretty fresh, pretty cold, so you got to get cold. in and probably yeah. win your own footy in the mud. Yeah, yeah. look, most grounds were – look, it wasn't really a lot of heavy rain down there, but it was always cold, always drizzly, so you, you – the grounds wouldn't uh, wouldn't be warm enough to dry the grounds up, so you'd always be a little bit muddy. And uh, yeah, you'd have to go and win your own footy, no question about that. And uh, um, I think that's uh, part of the game that um, you don't quite have to be as strong at these days because of the way the game's gone. Yeah. But um, you yeah, don't I, even have to man up. These yeah, days. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I remember as a sixteen-year-old com- coming through playing senior footy statewide league down there, and geez, that was uh, some pretty tough footy. And so yeah. You learn pretty quickly how to win your own footy and adjust to uh, playing with hardened seasoned men. Yeah, yeah, a great, yeah. Uh, a great breeding ground. And so, what about like everyone that comes from Tasmania is always in the representative teams, you know? So you got the soccer team, you got Greeny down there, Brad Green, yeah. who. Um, you got basketball, you got all those. So, were you good at any other sports as well? I was actually a little athletics when I was yes. uh, I was a sprinter early days. Um, so I was hundred meters, hundred meters, two hundred, and then and I stopped growing when I was about thirteen, fourteen, and that just <laughs> cooked me. Everyone just went straight past me about that stage. But I was pretty quick from sort of you know early days right through. To I was about fourteen and uh, did some national championships. I then came sixth in the two hundred meter. Uh, sprint when I was uh, in under 13. So that's cooking, like that. yeah, that's yeah. pretty... The Nationals, so that wasn't too bad. That's a but, huge um, effort. And then, yeah, I basically didn't get any quicker from there <laughs> and I didn't grow any any further. So, uh, but yeah, it was just really cricket, uh, athletics and, and footy and I wasn't much chop at... Uh, I was okay at cricket, but not much chop and it was an easy decision just to put all my energy into playing some footy. So, Brody, obviously you're an excellent junior sportsman. When did you think, hang on a sec, I might go pretty far with this footy caper, I might be able to play in the AFL? 
Yeah, look, I played state footy like in the uh, TAC Cup pretty early. So I was 15 playing in that comp. Um, it was the first year that the Tassie Mariners had a, a, a side in the competition. So um, probably by that stage, I was ha- still thought I had no hope, even though I was the youngest player in the in the competition and, and the team at that stage. Uh, but I remember uh, the year after, my mate Russell Robertson got drafted um, and... and I'll say it as nice as I can, but he probably wasn't in the best seven or eight plays in the team at that stage, and he got drafted. And there was he was a, sitting on people's heads. Yeah, he, he was. He was taking two big hangers a game and <laughs> kicking a couple of goals, and that was about it. Yep, that's all he could do. Um, and um, you know, we we had a six or seven drafted that year, and I was too young to get drafted. And I thought, geez, if Robbo can get drafted, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope for anyone, <laughs> including me. So uh, no, I'm probably probably talking up a little bit, but um, you know, he was probably you know, I think. I think he finished sixth or seventh in the BNF that year. We had other players in front of him, and he was still able to get drafted. And obviously, probably had the best career out of all of us that came through. Um, but probably around that stage, I thought, "Jesus, this might be a, a bit of a chance here." So you play some good junior footy, and you go into the 1997 national draft. Mm. And what a crapshoot this draft was! Looking mm. back, you went pick 26. What mm-hmm. did you call it? A crapshoot. A crapshoot. I've never heard of that. Have you heard of no, that? I've never heard of that. No. What's a crapshoot? <laughs> oh, well, a bit random. Like a, Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. I'll explain that, why. That's the first. So if I looked up in the dictionary, crapshoot, what would it say? I'm looking at the producer, John, who's smiling. It was a bit random, the draft. We'll put it that way. You went pick 26. You had a wonderful career. The top players, Trav Johnston, pick one. Brad Ons, pick two. Trent Crow pick three. We had Mark Bolton, pick four. Luke Power, pick five. Some other notable players that went. Chris Tarrant, pick eight. Chad Corns, pick nine. Pick 20, Dean Solomon, Pick 25, Nick Stevens. Pick 31, Simon Black. Pick 43, Adam Goods. And pick 45, Matthew Scarlett. So some excellent players in there, but mm. a little bit random the way they bit, sort of went. Bit of a crap shot. <laughs> Drafted in front of Goodsy. How about that? That's that's incredible, wow. isn't it? And so he was Simon part of Black that. was there too at 30-something, wasn't he? So yeah. uh, 31. And there's because um, oh, that draft was Adam Goods was a 17 year old as well, so right. I think uh, Lance Pacioni would have been the 17 year old for yep. for Hawthorne. If you remember Lance, um, so there was that. You know, every club would just grab one 17 year old, so um, it's uh, pretty daunting getting drafted at that age, especially going from Hobart all the way to, to Fremantle to play footy over there. I was really only just 17 at the time, so. Mm. So what, what were you thinking? Like, uh, obviously growing up in Hobart, mm. and then, hang on, I'm going over to Western mm. Australia. Had you ever been to Western Australia? Probably I had, not. I had been there once. Oh, you had? Yeah, had, I did one of the, um, the athletics carnivals, uh, national carnivals, I was over there. But... Um, yeah, I love I love Perth, and I was actually I was ready for a move anyway. When you when you're playing in yeah. Tassie, you, you know that you at least have to go to Melbourne. So you've already sort of you conditioned the mindset to going. Okay, well, I'm well, they got the Bernie anyway. Dockers, yeah. so that sort of got you yeah. fairly familiar. <laughs> Do you ever play <laughs> against Bernie Northwest. Docker? Well, I actually so. played against him in my first league game actually okay. as a 16 year old for Glenorchy. So I played on Peter German that day. Uh, just yeah, right. going off the uh, North Melbourne uh, champion a little bit. Yeah, had a good so. coach and yes, very loves good coach. to talk. Yes, loves to coach. loves a spray. Oh, wow. well, he coached at Hawthorne there for a little while yeah. um, as an assistant, mm. and he was he was fantastic, but, mm. gee, we couldn't shut him up. <laughs> really? <laughs> he was a good coach. He made finals nearly every year down there in the Birdie yep. Dogs. We could, I don't think he won a flag, but uh, they had some, some real success. So tell us about uh, your f- introduction to Fremantle. Obviously, mm. they were trying to establish themselves yeah. as well. So 
you know, you, you move over there. Um, did you live with a family or did you live with a couple of new players that have yeah. come along? Yeah, I, I live with uh, Spider Burton's mother, Teresa. Right. Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they used to call her. Was she tall? Uh, yeah, she was tall. She was taller than me. Oh, that's not hard, but for females. Because Spider Burton, yeah. was, he was like 212 yeah, centimetres yeah, or something, something like ridiculous. That. He was the tallest player in the competition, the big Spide. Uh, great family, uh, very accommodating. So they had Heath Black and Jess Sinclair were with Mother Trees of the year before. She couldn't couldn't wait to get them out. <laughs> and then I came in after that. So uh, she yeah. had a couple of uh, rough rough years in a row. But um, now we um, stayed with her for 12 months and then I moved out with... Um, um, Jess Sinclair and Trent Carroll for for a year, and that was uh, a bit of an eye opener. I was a nineteen year old, eighteen, nineteen year old, and some of the antics that those boys got up to. But well, um, I'm sure you were involved there as well. Oh no, you, you've no, just no. you've just virtually blamed them. So I was just following along. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's got so, to be done though. Yeah, we, we lived uh, in Swanbourne, just behind the nudist beach there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so do, is that why you're going for those extra runs all the time down <laughs> yeah. the road? Jeez, I got fit. <laughs> I can assure you, Quinny would have been the one. So I didn't know there was a nudist beach over that way. So, um, was what it, a shame you're not still doing postcards. Was it busy? I'm heading over to Perth in a few weeks. Yeah, so check, uh, check it out, Crawford. Hopefully, uh, I'll look and see whether uh, the sun's going to be out. But uh, was it a busy beach? Uh, oh, I only ran past there once or twice, but um, yeah, it's when in the middle of summer it gets really busy. Like it's chock a block. Yeah, it's um, you're right. Um, and so when you're running like along a nude beach, <laughs> do you have to get nude yourself? Yeah, you, there's a point where you just strip down and just keep moving. No, you don't. Come on, Quinny, get us back on track. <laughs> the locals look at you a bit weird because no, you've still got your clothes on. Quinny's so. riding yeah. nose down. He's yeah, yeah. saying, "Okay, next time I'm over there for tab." I'll share the link on uh, Google. Maps for you, Quinny. <laughs> Good deflection. Are you believe in his deflection here? That it's me that's interested, not him. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. Now, uh, you went to the Dockers team. They were still a new club in the AFL. What was it like going there? What was the feeling? Because I've heard you say that mm. it was a challenging period off mm. the field for the club yeah. as well as on the field. Yeah. No, very challenging. Um, obviously, didn't win too many games over there. Look, I thought we had a lot of talent. We had a a lot of good young talent. I just think we probably didn't quite have enough um, really strong leaders. Um, and we had a couple of really good leaders, but leaders that are high-end players as well that could sort of teach the kids and uh, get them to understand what it takes. Um, we were sort of just running our own show and we were probably partying a little bit too much, that younger group. And, um, well, you're just working it all out, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and, and look, it was... A little bit like a somewhere between a waffle club and an AFL yep. club, probably more more of a. And back waffle then, club. it was still a social environment. Correct. Yeah. You had yeah. to be a professional, but well, you still actually got to go out and have a good time. Yeah, that's right. I remember uh, just no phones. The captain at the time, in my, I think my first year. Um, Used to say after most games, oh, grab a six pack, boys, straight back to my place, and we'll, uh, <laughs> you're not allowed in unless you got a six pack, and you're not allowed to leave until you've drunk it. But do you know what? As as a younger player, you probably didn't want to do that. You probably mm. wanted to get out and mix and mingle mm. and go and meet some people. Yeah, yeah well, you, you you did. I suppose you it was your comfort zone being around the boys, though, <clears throat> especially being from you know interstate. You didn't really know anyone, so it was really at that stage. You know, you're happy to be around the boys and happy to socialise with the same people until slowly you branch out and. and Look, Perth is fairly insular too. Uh, I was only there for three years and um, used to start to see the same people, the same cafes and the same uh, nightclubs and pubs and yep. um, all the rest of it. So it was, um, yeah, it's fairly insular. I, I actually remember um, driving down the street and getting pulled over by the police at 
you know, for just a random check. And, and he goes, oh, you're that kid, Holland, that just got drafted. I'm thinking, wow, this guy knows me. This yeah, is amazing. Right. Like, and then when we when I came over to Collingwood, it was like you'd think the biggest club everyone would know you. And no one, you know, no one really knew you, yep. you know. So the, the 40th player on the list in Fremantle will be fairly well known around town. Uh, whereas, you know, you probably have to be a, a big name in Melbourne because it's such a big place uh, to be recognised. So when you went to those pubs and they go, oh yeah, we, mm. you know, I know you, you know mm. me. Did you run into any of those people on that nudist beach? <laughs> <laughs> Get ready to play everywhere, Australia. The AFL is here. And with Tab Same Game Multi, you can combine all your favourite AFL markets like head-to-head, total points and anytime goal scorer all in the one bet to get bigger odds. Available on every AFL game this season. Build your Same Game Multi with Tab today. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858. So how did you get to Collingwood? Because yeah. obviously, you know, you're mm. enjoying your time at Fremantle. Mm. So mm. how did you get to Collingwood? Was mm. it the same time at Clement? Yeah, same, same Clement? actually same trade with, with Jimmy Oh, it was Clement. the same it was, trade, It was a three-way it? trade and Jess Sinclair was in the three-way trade right. as well in the end. So in North Melbourne, some swaps and Peter Bell got to Fremantle. Uh, Jimmy Clement and I got to Collingwood. So Collingwood probably, well, Fremantle got the best deal of getting Peter Bell, I would have thought. But Jimmy Clement's a double oh, All-Australian. Um, yeah, two decent top, players for yeah, us. Yeah, so... Uh, obviously, I mean, every, every, everyone won out of it in, at yep. the end. Um, but you know, we did really well, um, and obviously with Jimmy Clement, you know, I ended up winning two best and fairest and two All Australians. Probably the best defender I've ever played with. Um, Fremantle did very well getting Peter Bell, and it's probably what they needed at the time. And um, North Melbourne, unluckily, got uh, Jess Sinclair, who's not much shop, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> uh, but um, he's a mate of mine, by the way, everyone. So uh, just, just, just so you know, you need to throw that in so yeah. it looks like you've been nasty. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that that was interesting because I I had a pretty ordinary year. I had a lot of back. Uh, disc trouble that year and I had a couple of uh, quarter zones epidurals mm-hmm. and this that and the other and couldn't get out in the park I finally got out in the park and Damien Drum and I had this uh, love-hate relationship and he thought I should be as good as Ben Cousins and I'm thinking mate he's <laughs> probably a little bit ahead of where I'm ever going to be um, and he thought I should work a lot harder so he made my life hell and made, made, made me work really hard for everything uh, which looking back now was probably a bit of a blessing but um, um, that year I think I kicked two goals against Richmond played my role to a tee finally got back and it was about round 17 I finally started to get some momentum and he dropped me for the next week and I'm going oh. Um, and the problem was we, I'd train the Friday night looking to go to into a Sunday game. And as you know, you've got a couple yep. of days up your sleeve. Oh, I'll train a bit harder. I need to get a bit of work in. So I absolutely trained as hard as I could. And then he said, oh, mate, you've got you to play at 1 p.m. tomorrow for South Fremantle. I hadn't, hadn't told yeah. me after training. <laughs> so I'm just going, I was furious. And uh, and uh, that was probably uh, uh, the, the last straw for me. And I thought, let's let's get me out of here. I rang, rang my manager on the way home, said, just get me the hell out of this place. And I was kind of just a little bit over Perth yep. as a general rule and being so insular and all the rest of it. So um, that's probably how it all happened. You spoke about your captain at mm. Fremantle, very mm. keen to get the boys mm. together for a beer. Was that yep. Peter Mann or Chris Bond? <laughs> it wasn't Chris Bond. Peter Mann loved a beer. Like He was from uh, old school North Melbourne days, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, they're very famous for... Uh, um, uh, Going hard, drinking hard, and uh, and going hard on field and winning uh, a couple of premierships through that era as well. Um, so he came from that um, 
that um, obviously group of players at North and brought something similar over culture-wise. And look, he was great. Don't get me wrong, good player, great fella. Um, and um, yes, yeah, had some great attributes, but just was was right in. Obviously, it worked at North Melbourne. That's kind of what he tried to carry yep. into uh, Fremantle. But obviously, we we was we needed a little bit more than that, and the, and the game was changing probably around that time as well. What about flying from Perth to Melbourne or to Sydney to Brisbane mm. every second week? Yeah. How much did that knock you around? Yeah. Well, and around were you here. business class? Or no, no, no they put this just with the everyone was economy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's pretty tough yeah. on the bottom. It, it is tough. I found it quite challenging. I just got a lot of back trouble uh, in my early years and um, just travelling a lot. I didn't play too many uh, good games away, to be honest. Um and uh, that's why it's, it's not just, necessarily mental. It's it's yeah. physical. It's like yeah. you don't you feel like you're in right. holiday mode and your body's just not sort of working the way you want it to work. That's right. It, it, it is a hell of a hard. And we weren't a really hard contested ball team. We were a bit more outside and quick. Uh, when you come to Melbourne, and although the grounds are still great, it's just that slight shift in you yep. know a little bit of in the in the ground, and um, you know pl- obviously they got the home crowd, and <clears throat> we were pretty young as well, so we we went through games of away games, we losing by ten goals consistently, game after game there at different stages. Yep. Um, so it was uh, it was it was really tricky, and um, that was one thing I really loved about Collingwood when I went there is uh, you know you probably play four away games a year and. One's in Sydney and one's in Adelaide, you yep. know, so, um, and you're playing 14 plus games at the MCG. Um, so in front of a very yeah. loyal supporter base. Yeah, correct. That's right. So it's, uh, it was, uh, it was a good change up, no doubt. Final question before we park the Fremantle part of the career. Mm. Mm. You're three years there. What was the relationship like between Fremantle and the West Coast Eagles? Did you still think it was an Eagles town? And even all these mm. years later, do you think Fremantle's really established a stronghold on WA? Yeah, no doubt we are probably the, the little brother of the town and um, we are just trying to find our way. I think we lost the first nine uh, derbies, derbies over there and um, that was really tricky. They were just extremely arrogant with, with us and when we played them it was uh, frustrating because uh, I was an angry little ant too so I, I hated the way they treated us and I you know, I'd really tried to help us uh, get more aggressive and... and uh, and yeah, they were just all over us for so long. Um, and I was I was luckily lucky to be part of uh, the first ever win, first ever derby win, which was huge. It was yeah, like, right. it was like it a was, grand final. It was like a grand final. You've got no idea. <laughs> uh, the crowd were going berserk after the game. We knew we had it won <clears throat> halfway through the last quarter. I think Brad Weirer did the aeroplane, and um, <laughs> you know it was just everyone was going berserk. And then they rolled out the red carpet that night at the Left Bank Hotel. Wow. Um, it was like nothing I've ever seen. Street, you know, all the supporters were there watching us yeah, walk into the into the left bank. Uh, all the drinks were on the left bank. <laughs> and the club had paid for everything, dinner that night, buffet, everything. It was just crazy. And we did not win another game <laughs> for the rest of the year. Well, we actually lost. But it didn't it. matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It, matter it, it did not matter. We, yeah. We, uh, Tick the hoodoo. Correct. That's right. Got the monkey off the back and away we went. So that, that was fun. Um, so that was probably, you know, that and, and also, I suppose, um, we beat uh, the first ever win on the MCG with Fremantle as well. So that were probably the two uh, great things and uh, that I, I got to do for the Fremantle Football Club. Um, I think Modra kicked 10 goals, one or something that day. He so played a year with Modra as yeah. well, which yeah. is, you think back to his Adelaide days, mm. um, uh, he was football, wasn't he? Everyone yeah. wanted to be Tony Modra. They Correct. wanted to... to 
jump at the packs, take a high mark and kick right. a goal like Tony Modra. Mm. Yeah, he was a, he was an interesting character, great fella, uh, so laid back, so casual. Um, and learned a few good tricks off mods. Um, <clears throat> he, he used to think that everyone was there to watch him play and that was that was it, that was it. He's here to perform, he's yep. the entertainer. That yep. was how he approached games. Um, but yeah, he'd be up there with the, the top couple of players, top probably two or three players that I played with. I think he's 70... Five goals in a season where we finished 14th for Fremantle is just and kicked 10 goals on the MCG that year against Melbourne. Um, so he was, yeah, was some sort of freak, that guy. Yeah. And so you get to Collingwood, um, you know, a, a wonderful club, great supporter base, as we mentioned, but yeah. and you love kicking goals yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I, I used to think of you as very much, you know. A goal kicker, mm-hmm. but in one game, two thousand and two, round two, done my research, kicked eight goals, one. So is yeah, that true? Re- do, do you remember, remember kicking eight yeah, goals? I do remember. A <laughs> <laughs> pops actually it, it popped up the other day because it was the twentieth anniversary of that game, which was Chris Judd's debut as oh, well. Really? There you yeah, go. So it always pops up, and so I, that hatred I, of West Coast continued <laughs> on to Collingwood. Yeah, yeah, well, it did. In fact, I think I played uh, first or second game for Fremantle against. Uh, um, West Coast and kicked three, and then yeah, the next year I kicked eight. Um, but that was just one out of the box, just one of those days where you've had it. I mean, you get it. You I've never had, had eight weeks goals. The ball no. just keeps coming to no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> to kick eight goals in an AFL game, um, you know, especially yeah. not as a key target. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Don't don't walk over that very quickly. <laughs> well, first Build quarter, it up, pump first, it up. I was very fit at that stage. I was light. I was like yep. seventy six kilos. So yep. um, about. Like I'm not unfit now, and I'm 86 right now. Yeah. So I was really like quite lean, um, and I was just real running fit for the first time in my career, and I felt like I could outrun anybody uh, at that stage. Um, <clears throat> and then I played on a fellow by the name of Drew Banfield, who's come off two ACLs yes. as well, and I was zipping around the forward line. So he couldn't line. turn. Um, so I was just going one way and the other, and he was just like on ice <laughs> He was skates. turning like <laughs> the Titanic. <laughs> um, so did he stay on you for he, the whole game? No, he, I think I kicked three on him, and then... Um, or three, might might have been four, and then Braun came over to yeah. me. So I didn't kick a goal, I don't think, for a quarter and a half, and, and I kicked another sort of three, I think, in the last last quarter, or at the end of the third and last quarter. But um, uh, yeah, great day. That was like one that, yeah, I just was just on a whole mm. lot of adrenaline rush for about twenty four or forty eight hours after that one. It was like I sort of won a final off my own boot um, type thing. It was uh, a whole lot of fun. But the ironic part about that was I didn't kick a goal for the next three weeks after that. I got tagged like you would not believe. <laughs> you know what it's like when you get tagged, but you're probably a bit better than bra- to bra- at breaking them than, than what I was. Well, it was harder and, in the forward line yeah. because, you know, you got to rely on the midfield delivering yeah. it. Nice and most quick. of the time in those days, the halfback flankers play pretty tight, but I'm talking I got yep. bashed like, yeah. Yep. I think the next week, Franchina from from Carlton came Yeah, the great me. Anthony Franchina. And it was wet. No. And it was wet. And I think, oh, here we go. And he's just he's like the you. whole day bashing yep. me. And I, I think I had about <laughs> six touches, no goals to my name the, the very next week. So you can come crashing down pretty quickly from uh, a high like that, can't you? So mm. um, obviously mm. you play forward, mm. but then as you – career progresses, they push you up through the middle, yep. and then you become a bit of a tagger. So you go from kicking eight goals, saying, hey, come and tag me yeah. and, and play on me, try and stop me, to all of a sudden, you become a bit of a stopper. So yeah, it's a real of, big turnaround. A, who was, who was, was behind that? Yeah, so it was an interesting transition. So that year, I did my hammy, 
mid-year, Queen's birthday, came back late, just didn't quite get fit enough. The boys were flying, got into the grand final that year, um, didn't quite get fit enough, enough form for finals. So I didn't play any of the finals or the grand final that year. And I thought, geez, this is a tough position, forward pocket. If I'm going to have to take my career to the next level, I really need to get into the midfield, which is where I played a lot of my juniors anyway. Um, and I asked the question, you know, can I play in the mids? And and um, and Mick said, oh, look, if your form's good enough, we'll put you in there, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, um, I was fit again at the start of the year. And um, So that was 2003? That, that was, was 2002 coming to 2003. Yeah. I actually remember missing out in the grand final. I was filthy because I was first emergency at yeah, the end for the, for the grand final. Filthy to miss out. All the boys went. They were wrapped, even though we lost, you know, Colin would have come from nowhere to make the grand final yep. for the first time in however long. And all the boys were going to Cancun for the footy trip and I paid 5K all inclusive and I said, no, nah, I'm not going. And I went to Thailand with uh, the missus and just I just ran and trained mm-hmm. every single day. Looking for those nudist beaches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I ran a long way. I couldn't find any over there, unfortunately. Yeah, right. But, um, yep. um, anyway, um, getting back to the story, I... Um, I, I trained really hard and got back. I was in really good nick, and I, I asked if I could play mid. And when I got back, and I was really lean, said, "Look, you're in great nick. Let's give it a go." Um, and played all mid through the off season and preseason games, and got to round one where they put me in the forward pocket again. And uh, I think I got suspended out for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I asked Mick, I said, "Can I tag?" So he goes, "Go back to the twos, and we're not going to put you straight back in after being suspended. Yep. Well, if you tag well in the twos, we'll put you in." So I did a couple of good jobs there, and um, and played about four or five games in the twos and back in. And I had the first, I think the second game I tagged your good self. Uh, this, the first game I tagged Matty Bode. Remember Matty Bode from Adelaide? Yes. Yep. Um, and, um, yeah, he was sort of a half-forward flanker, and that was, you know, we won that night. We hadn't been in Adelaide for a while over there, and it was a big, I think Chris Tarrant kicked that last goal on the siren, if you remember that, going back a while. Uh, did a really good job on him, and they said, righty well done, Dutchy, great work, you're back in, you found yourself a spot, now there's a role for you here, now you've got Crawford next week, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> this will be interesting. Um, you probably tried to bash me. Uh, I can't actually, actually, There's remember, a lot of people trying to whack yeah, me. Yeah, I reckon you whacked me first, actually. Yeah. Game. Good. Yeah, you got on yeah. the front foot. I reckon you knew I was going to come for you, and you just got on the front foot. You might have got some info <laughs> that I was going to go to you. I remember Croft just whacking me, like literally the first time I put my arm. Accidentally. Uh, accidentally quitty. <laughs> put my arm across him, and he's just like, it was a bit of a jumper, punchy sort of thing, and I sort of played for a bit of a free kick. Next thing you know, Croft's up, and he's in the forward pocket. I'm still in the back pocket. I've looked up and go, where'd he go? And I'm still looking around. He's running around for four minutes on his own. I didn't even, didn't know how to locate him, but um, that was that was a tricky day because I just remember thinking, I don't even want the ball today because I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm so tired. I don't know what I'm going to do with it when I, when I get it. Now, a couple of times, I just fed it to a guy two metres away when I should have probably kicked the footy because I was under so much fatigue but I always remember that game as a bit of a launch pad and gave me a, the confidence uh, both mentally and physically uh, from a conditioning point of view I felt like because I ran so hard that day uh, it gave me the confidence to go on to other players of, of that type of quality and and, uh, and hold my own. So it ended up being a good year for you didn't it? What, so 203 yeah. yep. you play in the grand final yep. um, and you finished second in the Copeland. Mm. 
No, that was that was 2005. Okay, yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. You got my stats so wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm still impressed. I'm not far off. I'm still I'm impressed. Off. <laughs> I'm still impressed. Can we do that again? Can we do that again? <laughs> so you come second in a Copeland, if it, yeah. and that's off yeah. a run with type of role? Well, by that role? stage, I think the next year, so I, I ran with all year. The 2004 was probably half and half. I did a bit half forward, mid, um, and tagging. Um, and then the next year, 2005, I probably started tagging a bit, and then I was getting a lot of footy, so they just said, oh, just run your own show. And um, I started, and we were, we were going pretty ordinary. So I was probably the the one getting most of the touches at stage. I think Bucks yep. was injured a lot that year, and yep. uh, Liquor was in and out. So we had a few few injuries. So I ended up becoming one of the prime movers through the middle, and which was great. So I was let off the leash, and I was really fit. And, and mentally, it's different, yeah, isn't it? Like it is. when you've got to mm. run with someone, you can't. No. You can't have a break, no. and you can't mentally switch no. off, no. Um, because whoever you're playing on gets himself into the game, gets dangerous. Whereas. At least if you're just mm. trying to go and get the footy and mm. feed it to your teammates, mm. mentally it's it's a different application, very much to playing down back. Yeah. You, you're looking around trying to find your yeah. opponent, Correct. trying to watch the ball. So That's it's right. very different mentally, mm. and it does. It, it can really zap you depending on your role. Yeah, I, I found it really challenging that year because you'd be going from Crawford to Akamanis to, you know, Brent Harvey I played on a couple of times that year as well, and he was probably a little bit similar to you, probably – a little bit, a little bit quicker off the mark, um, but I think your endurance was probably, uh, probably a little bit better. But he would just zip around, and he'd go from back pocket sprints to forward mm. pocket, and then he'd rest. Whereas you'd probably wouldn't rest as much. He'd, he'd, he'd sort of slow jog, you'd fast jog the whole way through. So it was different types, and uh, I played in Scotty West as well, and guys like that. So I, I kind of like those guys a little bit more, where they yep. just yep. plot around a little bit and just read the game well. Uh, they can't sort of uh, expose you as much. Um, going inside 50 and you know, hitting the scoreboard and so forth. So, um, But, yeah, you're right. Look, that was really tricky. And mentally, I remember one stage going, jeez, I thought I was going to have a rest. Now I've got Akamanis this week. You, you know, like five or six <laughs> games and tagging in a row. And it just didn't let up. It's Inside 50 Sunday play, and we're joined once again by Tab's Bart Kennett. Bart, what have you got in store for the punters this week? We're offering $3.50 to Bailey Smith and Callum Mills to combine for 65 or more disposals on Sunday afternoon. Bailey Smith is absolutely dominating the stat sheet at the moment. He's averaging over 34 disposals a game, whilst Callum Mills is coming off a career-high 37 on the weekend. Both these stars are in career-best form. Can they continue on with it, fellas? Bailey Smith, running machine. He's got a ball on the string at the moment. I think uh, Mills is just a ball-winning machine. Machine too turned himself into one of the premier midfielders. Thanks for that, Bart. Thanks for that, Crawford. And remember, punters, you can find the offer on the Tab app. Offer available online only. Price subject to change and subject to liability cap. No multi, bonus cash, cash out, partial cash out, or live bets qualify. See market page for details. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1800 858 858. I want to go back to 2002, grand final day. You're mm. an emergency. Mm. What's it like that week where you're so close yet mm. so far to play? And I can imagine it yeah. must be a real challenge with the mind because you never want to see a teammate get hurt but you'd love the opportunity to play. Yeah, I always look back now and thought, geez, I wish I had have just annoyed the hell out of the coach more than what I did. I was just quite, I was pretty quiet then and I was just, I was just happy to just, you know, train my hardest and see what happens. Um, and um, I remember that, that whole final series. I remember everyone coming, geez, you're training the house down here. I've never trained so hard mm-hmm. and so intense in all my life because I just thought, oh, I just want to play in a premiership more than anything. Um, and I was trained like a madman. I was just like a, uh, you know, just a fly zipping around everywhere and just pushing through the cones and just 
you know, everything. Um, and uh, the coaches were saying, the players were saying, you know, geez, I hope you get in, I hope you get in. Um, and then went through that whole process and I actually still thought I was pretty close to the death, but I didn't say anything to the coach. And I always re- regret that, saying, not going up to Mick and going, just stick me in, I'll, I'll make it happen. Um, I wasn't probably just wasn't quite confident enough to do that at that stage in my career. And um, yeah, not to say it would have made any difference, but I know coaching now, just yeah. even at local level, when you've got a guy in your face the whole time. Yeah. Just give me a go. Yeah, I just, won't let you down. Yeah. The trust. Correct. You know, it's like, do you know what? He'll yeah. run through a brick wall for me. Correct. Mm. Whereas this player 20 over here, mm. little question mark about. Yeah. That's right. The weather's, yeah. you know, shiny. Mm. The sun's shining, mm. you know, good conditions yeah. and so forth. Some players yeah. can adapt, whereas you get someone who chipping that's at right. your heels going, hey, get me to the side, yeah, you just right. throw them in. Away you go, you can trust them. Yeah, that's right. So, that, you know, I wish I had done that and didn't do it. And I was, I went through all the process and I did the, uh, obviously, the parade and everything. And uh, but unfortunately, I was sitting there drinking, uh, you know, bevies after halftime, just trying to ease the nerves. Yep. And, um, but, um, yeah, look, it's, I, I just I do believe if I had the opportunity to play that game, it would have held me in good stead for the next year. Like, I was pretty ordinary in 2003 in that grand final. I think I was just so nervous. I felt like I played the game in my head far too often. But if I had that experience in 2002, I would have played far better the next year and been able to help the team a bit it, more. It's funny you say that, playing it in your head, because yeah. you can watch some games of footy and you can see some mm. players, you know, on big occasions, even, you know, Yesterday, Anzac Day, mm. you can see some players have been thinking about it all mm. week and playing over moment by moment what's going to happen. But yeah. footy is so unpredictable. You, you don't know which way the ball's going to bounce. You don't know the weather conditions that are coming your way. You don't know what the opposition are going to throw at you. So it's uh, yeah, it takes you time, doesn't it, and experience to actually get your head around all that and actually understand yeah. that you can only control that moment by moment as you get out there, right? And it's okay to think about things, but you've got to find a way, think about them, then move on and distract yourself for the rest of the week. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, look, I, I probably had a few things that I would have done differently if I'd done it all over again. And uh, I had, I think I had uh, my parents staying with me for yep. the full two weeks. So we won the prelim in amazing fashion. I think we beat uh, Port Adelaide by 50 points and, um, so you feel uh, like a tour guide? Yeah, so you sort of... Worrying about tickets. They love their footy, so they're yep. talking about footy uh, you yeah, know, yeah, all yep. the time. And you know, the, I think the best preparation for someone playing a grand final would to, to be to go up, up your way and just you know <laughs> have a week together with the team. No no yep. Herald Sun, no none of that, no no just media. Train hard, yep. switch off, go and do other things. Yep, and you just yep. fly into the MCG and just go get it done. Uh, it'd be a whole lot different mentally. Well, that's what a lot of clubs do, don't they? With their interstate trips, mm. they treat them like a business trip. Mm. Yep. Let's just get in, get yep. the job done, get yep. out of there, and yep. uh, let's not overthink it. Let's yeah, just yeah. play ball by ball. Yeah. And away yeah, you go. That's an interesting one because when I, when I was coming through, they started getting there two or three days before. Oh, we've got to get condition ourselves to the climate or the weather yeah. or yep. you know the jet lag, whatever it might be. But that's that's changes. One of the things that's changed over the course of time. And the, the big thing we found towards the end of my career, and obviously it would have been early in your career because mm. you're flying over from Perth all the time. Is you get to the hotels. Mm. And you got the buffet, <laughs> so they go. Oh yeah, you've got your own private yeah. set up for your footy club, and that you got your your rice and yeah. your your meat and veggies there, and then you got a couple of steaks here, and you got some chicken here, and then you got some jelly, some <laughs> fruit salad, some ice cream down the end, and some muffins to take away. Yeah, well. yeah, and take these to your room <laughs> and whatever. 
And yeah. as you said, yeah. you, you felt light and you felt quick mm. at home. But you yeah. come over here, you feel two or three kilos heavier. Dude, everyone gets and you play in. accordingly. Whereas we, by the end of it, mm. we had no buffets. Yeah. You yeah. had your own okay. meal, okay, which was yeah. uh, what do you normally have before you go, oh, I'll have some spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. Right, that's what you get, nothing yeah. more. Yeah, so okay. players weren't overeating, you okay. weren't overdrinking. That's interesting. And the performances went through the roof. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, but you were doing that, yeah. especially a young kid coming from Fremantle. Yeah. Every second week, you're like, how good is this buffet? Yeah, 100%. This is unbelievable. And I used to eat, when I was nervous, I used to eat. So that's the worst thing they could put in front of you. Like, yeah, I'll have an entree, we'll have soup and bread, and then we'll yep. go to the uh, pasta and the salads and the, yeah. So and you'd always take three or four, you know, muffins yeah, under, like, under your arms, light them in your bag on the way out and put them in your room. So You run yeah. around feeling like you got cement boots on. <laughs> correct. <laughs> oh, what's right. wrong with me today? Yeah, correct. Well, it's about... 10 kilos of food you've been eating in the last two days. Yeah. No, it's not good at all, but um, definitely preferred, obviously, uh, the setup uh, being in a Melbourne based team and uh, not having to deal with all of those things. um, I had enough of the travel at Fremantle days. And you mentioned in 2002, Collingwood lost that nail-biting grand Mm. final against Brisbane, but it Mm -hmm. felt like a huge success. The Mm -hmm. team had basically come from the clouds, made the grand final, young list, and you felt great about life. Mm. Going into the 2003 grand final, the team had comprehensively beaten Brisbane first week of the finals. You come back in the Mm. team, smash port in that prelim. What was it like the lead-up to the granny? Was there just a sense of excitement, or were you guys thinking, yeah, look, we're all pretty excited. I I, I just remember... um, I just remember being so nervous, like I've never been nervous before, and uh, playing the game over my head uh, a million times over. We thought that we were better prepared this time around. Like we really felt like uh, Brisbane were were kids on in the qualifying final, and and then and then they were just you know just monsters on grand final day. They just changed our whole demeanour and attack on the game, and uh, we were without um, Big Pebbles, Anthony Rocker as well, um, who got suspended. Unfortunately, so he was a big one for us because you know he's obviously very physical. He'd come in nice and strong off the line at centre half forward and keep him honest. Um, so that was a pretty bad loss. I know you know in in my heart, I feel like anyone would have beaten us that day, as good as Brisbane are, and you know probably the best team that I ever played against when they're at their best. No question about that. But I just felt like we were nowhere near it. Um, you know we we unforced errors and just soft couple of soft efforts at the contest and you just go geez we haven't played like this all year and it wasn't that Brisbane were doing anything to at that stage um, anything uh, that they normally wouldn't throw at us and um, we just we, yeah we, we reacted differently they, look they were intense and they were hard there's no question about that they were ferocious um, but they were big and strong weren't yeah, they yeah they were even their midfielders they, were they strong were, they were um, and you know I look I I started on Akamanis and he was probably best on ground in the first quarter just about. Um, he got him going and I just felt like, you are talking before about feeling like you've got um, concrete boots on. I, I felt like that grand final day in 2003 and I basically played most of the second quarter on the bench because I was going pretty ordinary and I put someone else onto Akamanis. And then I went on to Simon Black and obviously he probably runs a little bit similar to yourself and I reckon he had, I he had 10 touches in 10, the first 10 minutes of the third quarter. And I'm going, geez. And I was try. I've never tried so hard in all my life, and I just couldn't run with him. I just couldn't go. And it was just the legs wouldn't carry me. And I just, I just feel like it was that build up of overthinking. You know, 
talking footy too much, maybe doing a little bit too much on the training track that week, just everything. Probably yep. nervous eating too much. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have the buffet, but probably did. You know, a whole lot of things did more different than I normally would and felt terrible and the nerves probably got to me a bit as well. Yeah. What was Mick Moldhouse like after the game? Oh, look, he didn't take it lightly on us, to be honest. He ripped right into us, you know. Um, and do you reckon that's setting the scene for the following year, just to try and mentally get everyone to go, okay, yeah. you know, we've got we to improve, we've got to find a way to be better? Oh, I think so, I think so. Um, I think the problem was that we probably, you know, we probably needed maybe at that stage a bit of a yep. pat on the back and go, look, you know, we... We, we we just were, we were just off. We were, yep. It was just something not quite right that day, and we, um, you know, he. I mean, he gave us a rocket, and we deserved it. There's no question about that. Um, but I just, to be honest with you, I couldn't remember one word he said. I was that distraught. I just heard him yeah. yelling, yeah. and that was it in the background. And I was just going over my own game and mistakes that I might have made, or when I, you know, different things, and and uh, you know, it was just shattering, really. So, but um, you know. Um, you know, we put Collingwood back on the map to a certain degree at that stage. They'd been out of the fray for a long period of time and, um, you know, at least we were a successful team, played in a couple of grand finals in a row and it, it hurts not to win a flag. It still really kills me now not, not to be able to say I'm a premiership player because we had that opportunity, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. And um, you you played, as you said, you, you know, you like to play pretty tough mm. and you like to annoy the opposition, which is good. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. These days, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to get away with that. You're not allowed to harass <laughs> players. No. You're not, not allowed to even look at the umpires these days and put your hands up. Uh, but you got suspended for Brett Montgomery. What, what happened yeah. there? Um, yeah, so accidentally whacked him. Or? Yeah, no. Look, I'll tell you the right. We'll tell you the true story. Um, <clears throat> so, how many weeks did you? get? I, I actually got four. But remember, oh, I, I had a bad good. record carryover. Okay. Remember, they had carryover points. Oh, so you're blaming your record for? Well, uh, well extra I am weeks. because I got six. So I should, oh, got, I should okay. have only got four. Right. Uh, but I got the yep. extra two put on top because of a bad record, and you had yep. those carryover points. Um, but yeah, I remember. I was six. So say four, six these days. Yeah. Probably like a 10 yeah. back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I reckon I'd, they'd throw the book at me even more so um, now uh, with all the head high stuff yep. and the fact that he got concussion as well. Oh, is that, yeah, because I can't remember the incident. Yeah. What, what so happened? it was interesting. Like, if going right back, we, we were terrible for two years in a row. We had a heap of injuries. So four and five, we didn't make finals. We were back in, got Thomas and Pendlebury in the draft. And then we were back into the finals for the first time. We were sort of hovering our third and fourth all year, clearly third or fourth best team. And we lost a couple late or whatever and finished fifth. And we were shattered to finish fifth. And we played Bulldogs who snuck into the eight. Yes. Um, So we thought, let's just go pretty tough. We've got this guy, Montgomery. I remember showing the review and he was running in off the square at centre-half forward and cleaning blokes up. Um, And he injured someone a couple of weeks earlier. Um, So anyway, And, And you could do that. You know, that, you that, that was you the biggest fear yeah. that I had. Yeah. Every centre bounce, every mm. game. As mm. I'm always, oh, you know, 360 going, okay. Mm. Um, Jono, arm across, push him wide. You know, <laughs> he'll come. So you knew which ones were going to yeah. come at you. Yeah, Byron yeah. Pickett, he's going to, Glenn, where's Glenn Archer? Oh, there is. <laughs> Chicky, make sure, Chicky. You know, and you, I used to get filthy at my team, like yeah, seriously yeah. filthy. If they didn't block and wrestle them off the line, because they did. They, and it wasn't as though you looked down at 
And mm. that was what they were doing. You were allowed to try and get away with it. They yeah. used to charge in. They try and Correct. knock you out. That's right. So it's hard to try and win the footy knowing mm. that within a second, as soon as I grab this ball, someone's yeah. going to knock me out. Yeah. So it, it, it's but a hard situation that, to be in. You run in a million times and never hit anyone. That's the funny thing. Yep. So if someone says it's premeditated, I mean, I went in hard thinking he's going to rely on someone up, but I never ever thought that he would come straight towards me, me and it would be yep. set up like it was. So I remember Mick Mordhouse saying in the pre-game, he said, oh, this bloke is 34 years old, thinks he's tough now. Don't let him run in off the square. Ryan Loney, you'll start on him. Don't let him run in. I'm thinking, oh, that's the worst bloke you could have <laughs> been. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. No, Ryan was, was um, like his brother Nate. They didn't go near him. I wasn't thinking. At this stage, kicks, though. He, they were. And uh, at this stage, I still didn't think anything of it. And I remember Burns, Scotty Burns, coming up to me. He's going, oh, Dutchie, you're starting on the wing, aren't you? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, just keep your eye on Monty. If he looks like he's going to run through someone, just step in front of him. I go, okay, no worries. Still to this yes. day, like I remember going in thinking nothing of it, but I'll just keep an eye on him. So I, as you do at the start, I remember Cooney sprinting in off the line real quick. So I thought, geez, I better take off and go with him. And I'm running as fast as I could run. And I just remember seeing his eyes light up and I'm thinking, he's actually going to try and line someone up here. So I just kept running. And then I remember seeing Swanee just about to pick the ball up and seeing him. And it just all happened so quick. I'm thinking, geez, he's probably going to line Swanee up here if I don't step in front of him. And it just bang. And I just, he didn't see me coming. And yep. and then he uh, obviously yep. fell to the turf. And, and there was a bit of a melee there for, for a bit. And <laughs> it took him a while to get up. But look, I should have left him alone because he ended up kicking four goals and getting BOG. Did you, so, he, he got, so he virtually got knocked out. Correct. And then he's come back and he's kicked. Four goals. Kick four goals. One of the, the most courageous efforts I've ever seen in the game. He was had the, the Which, fingers, you know, he, going. He wouldn't be back on the field these no, days. No, You're that's out. right. He would have been good and we probably would have won. And out for the next few yeah. weeks too. Correct. Concussion. That's right. That's but right. yet he, stand, he somehow yeah. comes back, kicks comes four back goals. On. That's right. And probably couldn't remember them. Yeah, he wouldn't have. There's no, there's no question about that. Um, so, yeah, I'll... Jeez, I still wish I hadn't have done it. Now looking back now, because I had a bad Achilles at the time, and and um, and I needed time to rest. I probably need an operation. And um, yep. they said, "Oh, you've got till sort of April, May next year off. Let's just rest it right through." And it just didn't come right. I got back yep. to training that next year in March, um, sort of Feb, March, running again. It was still, I was still cooked. So I should have had an operation if I, if I. Uh, didn't have the suspension. I reckon they would have put me in for for uh, operation. But anyway, that's another story. But um, yeah, that was that, that was unfortunate because we finished sick, uh, fifth. Should have been top four, and Bulldogs snuck into the eight, and they beat us in the elimination final. And we just uh, we're out yep. first up. That was shattering. Mm. And it was almost. Do you remember that, that incident, Quinny? Well, I do. I was at that game. Oh, we? It was a massive melee afterwards mm. as well. I think yeah. you're selling the melee. How good were melees? <laughs> melees were great, yeah. weren't they? Like, but it was like no Dermot really Like hurt. he was, yeah, he was out, and then yeah. they put him forward to recover, yeah, and then he yeah. kept hitting the scoreboard. But yeah. it was a great day at the G that day. Yeah. Huge crowd, but not great for Collingwood. And no. it was almost the end of that little run as well. Just as quickly yeah. as it started making those grand finals, yeah. little lull then came good, yeah, and then yeah. they sort of rebooted again after that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So in 2007 and eight, we had. Some success, obviously prelims, and um, you know building it up towards obviously 2010. But 2008, I oh, look 2007, 2006. I missed five games with Achilles. 2007, most of the year. 2008, most of the year as well. Coming back from an operation, so two and a half years I hadn't played. So the unfortunate part was I was my best footy was between 2003 and 2000 and. 
and six, four years in a row, really consistent. And I felt like I belonged in AFL for the first time and I was consistent AFL footballer. And then all of a sudden, I hardly played again uh, at all. And then and then I was uh, delisted in 2008. I wanted to keep going, but um, they said enough's enough. We can't carry you anymore, sort of thing. Every mm. time I read a story about you, it features two words, fan favourite. What did it mean to be so loved by the mm. Collingwood faithful? And what do you think appealed about yourself to them? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think because I was had that little period where I was a goal kicker and everyone loves a goal kicker, and then you go and tag. Well, they've got a blonde yeah, yeah. Collingwood player at the moment, yeah, yeah, who uh, yeah. who's sort of a bit similar, I think, just the way he goes about it and plays with a bit of energy. He's probably got a bit more confidence than I had. Well, at, no, at no, time, he is but. very confident. But we, I love that. You yeah. know, I do too. I reckon it's, it's like yeah. it's funny because everyone complains about yeah. oh the players are vanilla these days. Yeah. And we finally get a player who yeah. he wants to light up every time he gets involved, yeah. and he's you know feels yeah. happy. Yeah. He interacts with the, the crowd, yeah. and then everyone jumps on there and go, "Oh, he can't carry on like that," and that's yeah. a disgrace. Whereas, yeah. about time, about time that's we get right. a few more, you know, of the newer generation giving us something back, that's someone right. that we don't want to, you know, you can dislike if you don't want yeah. to, or you can absolutely love the way he goes about yeah. it. So, but goal kicking, mm. um, what what what's going wrong? Because you're a good shot at goal, mm. and I just can't. I just don't understand why, especially I, I forwards. See, I, I don't see what's so hard about it, to be honest. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's not that hard, is it? It's you know, like the man yeah. in your head plays a, a massive role. Yeah. You know, as soon as you get it, you got to have the confidence to kick it. But yeah. why has it been such a problem over the last ten years? Yeah, I, I just don't. I, I do think that there was a period there. It's probably towards the end where they went away from goal kicking as much. Oh, you know, I've got to keep the hip flexors yep. and the lower back fresh, and only do ten kicks. And I remember Fev saying something about uh, he used to go down the local local oval down the road to have some kicks because they wouldn't let him kick at training because <laughs> he was you know, had too many kicks. And it works most yeah, of the time. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's just practice when you're young and just getting the technique right. My, my old man was a really good state player in Tassie and he taught me how to kick at a young age and goal kicking was one of my things and I was just still practice and practice and practice and, and then had a set routine. I'd, I'd, I'd know exactly how many steps that I would take. Mm-hmm. I would have six steps and then 11 jogging steps and then I would kick on the 12th strike yeah, yeah, so right. I would actually count in my head how many steps yep. and then how many strides occasionally you'd stuff it up but because in your head you've got this it's yeah, probably a good little program. distraction for That's your head as well it's the distraction more than anything I think yeah. whereas I reckon mm. Travis Cloak had about 150 things yeah. Yeah. that he would think about yeah and you know mm. sometimes he just wouldn't kick a goal yeah. but yeah, um, yeah I, I just you know especially yourself being a goal kicker mm. Um, I, I just don't understand, especially the easy shots for goal, mm. I just don't understand why they're missing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, obviously, the pressure of the game is getting more, um, it's getting bigger and bigger. And you've got social media now and you sort of think in your head, geez, if I, if I miss this, they're going to slaughter me on uh, Instagram tonight. <laughs> um, you didn't have that. You know, you just had the Herald Sun. They might give you a little bit of a splash down there, but um, that's about it. And um, you, you don't visually see, you know, thousands of people talking about it. So that could be something to do with it. But I do think that um, the, the practice component uh, has got a whole lot to do with it as well. Get ready to play everywhere, Australia. The AFL is here. And with Tab Same Game Multi, you can combine all your favourite AFL markets like head-to-head, total points and anytime goal scorer all in the one bet to get bigger odds. Available on every AFL game this season. Build your Same Game Multi with Tab today.
Tab. Long Moe Play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help. 1-800-858-858. You mentioned Fremantle had a bit of a drinking culture when you were at the Dockers. Mm. What was it like at Collingwood off-field? No, look, a lot more tame, obviously. Like, we had some really strong leaders, Nathan Buckley and Scott Burns and Paula Kira, and they knew how to have fun at the right times, but they were, um, you know, obviously very professional in their, their approach. And uh, I did have one good year with Chris Tarrant, hanging out with Chris Tarrant for one year. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought I'd better, you know, stop doing this too often. Uh, so my second year at Collingwood, I really switched on and became real professional and preparation and, and uh, training became my thing uh, from probably 2002, three onwards. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just, it was a different culture. Like, it was... Just, you know, even guys like Tuck and Lockyer and, you know, Josh Fraser, we, there was leaders everywhere. Yeah. Uh, guys that just were obsessed with making it happen and getting the culture right. And uh, sometimes it was a little bit over, it could be nearly over the top, you know, trying to, um, you know, in terms of, you know, if guys get, get out of hand and do the wrong thing, then the leadership group would take ownership of that and sanction players and things like that. It was nearly probably a touch too that way at one stage but it was really good for us good for the young guys the young guys who come in and get drafted oh this is the way we do it geez you know I better do all the right things completely different obviously Fremantle and um, you know and Bucks had a big say in everyone's off field and on field uh, obviously uh, the way they went about things and you know he was he was fantastic he probably spent more time with individual players and you know, any other coaches or, or players at the club. And, you know, he's had to worry about his own game and the leadership group and other things as captain as well. So he was he was fantastic for the footy club. And um, what about, so obviously you had a president mm. called Eddie Maguire. Mm. Yep. Um, so what was, what was it like having a president like him? Because from what I know of him from Channel 9 and the footy show days was that, He'd back you in 100%. You know, you felt like, gee, he'd go to the, into the trenches with me if, yeah. if you ever had to. Yeah. So was he like that as a president? Certainly was. Like he's, yeah. If you Once you're a Collingwood person, whether you played one game or 300 games, he's, you know, he, he'll look after you, you know, in, in many ways. Um, I mean, if I called him and I needed a favour for something now, he'd, he'd no, there's no doubt he'd, he'd drop everything and help. Um, so look, he, he was he was great. Um, you know, I probably only had um, one little barmy in my whole time with Eddie over the course. Um, and um, what happened? <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, oh, we're talking suspensions again. I, I got um, I was tagging Paul Williams at Sydney. Um, got done for a high. Well, you got suspended let's call, for let's that. Call didn't a, you? Let's call it a high tackle. Did you get suspended for that? Uh, I got two weeks. Yeah, yeah right. and for everyone, a high tackle. High, Jeez, that's high harsh. Tackle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thought I should. The Herald's uh, son thought I should have had got eight weeks, and I only got two. Um, and in those days, you could plead guilty under provocation because he. Willow gave me a couple of jumper punches first, and yep. I just retaliated. Anyway, try and cut a long story short if I can. We um, um, that week everyone was going, oh, you can't believe you only got two weeks, blah blah. Harold Sarn, the age, you know, all on the on the footy media channels on TV, and Eddie goes, right, yeah, footy show this week. I'm going to get you on. This is what we're going to do. Um, and mm. anyway, it was actually I had uh, the CEO's phone um, at the time it was Greg Swan's phone. Actually, I shouldn't be saying this, should I? I've cat out of the bag. That doesn't really matter. No, anyway, Greg, right. Greg Swan hands me his phone and goes, "It's Eddie. 
whatever he says, just say no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I grab, I grab the phone and I go, G'day, Ed, what, what do you want, mate? And he goes, oh, look, everyone's carrying on about this suspension. Um, why don't we get you in the footy show? I've got a great idea. Well, we'll get you in the footy show. We'll get you dressed up um, uh, like you're in prison. So you've got your prison gear on. Uh, you've got the black and white stripes, um, prison gear, and we'll put you behind bars for the whole night. <laughs> Right, and he goes. We'll keep cutting to back towards yep. you, and and yep. uh, we'll make a bit of fun out of it, so it's a bit more fun. Blah blah blah. And I, I, I'm only saying no because Swanee's told me to say no. I put, so you, you said know what no I'm like. to I, I would have probably you said no to Eddie. So I said no. I said, oh look, not not this time, Ed. You know, like I feel a bit oh. bad about what's happened on the weekend. I just want to keep a low profile for the next couple of weeks. And <laughs> and, and Swanee's gone no. Oh, like, <laughs> doing that one because it would have been challenging, you know, from a club's point of view. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, you've got to be. Out out there, but yeah. no, nah, let's just let's just yeah. focus yeah. or refocus on the footy side of things. Shut it down. That's right. So, yeah. did you end up doing it? I didn't do it. No, no. I said, and yeah, what so, did Eddie? Did oh, he get mate, angry he was, with you? Yeah, he was he was swearing and carrying on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he let loose. I've never heard him speak like that. But oh, everything I've done for you, you know, your missus works for Channel Nine, and you know, this, I think, oh, geez, where are we going with this? She's got the job herself. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what more does she need to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he goes, oh, blah blah, blah. And, and no, it was, it was all good in the end. But I think he was just trying to press me right to yeah. the end to, to get me to do it. Um, he's probably had a, a ball. Board meeting and say, oh, I've got this great idea this week. Well, I'll make it happen, boys. And then he's had to go back and say, sorry, I can't get him to do it. Sorry, a player from the club I'm president at will not do what I want them to. Well, you used to go on the footy show a bit, which was good. Yeah, you used yeah. to go in there and you, yeah. you know, you, you've got that personality to muck around and have a f- mm. bit of fun and, and, yeah. and laugh at yourself and yeah, stuff correct. like that. I'm surprised that he let you mm. back on after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to list you. Yeah, no, he was all right. He's funny. He'll, um, he'll crack the shits on some things. Like he used to yeah. come if the boys had the wrong socks on or something, you just let loose every now and then. What are you doing with those Puma socks on? Yep. And it'd be like an eighteen-year-old kid just hasn't even shaky, sh- shaken his hand yet, and and he'd just go. Oh. And and then next thing you know, he's got his arm around you the next week, and so he, he, he was good like that. He, he was firm but fair. Um, but yeah, that was the only time I'd ever really had a, a, a sort of little falling out of some sort with Ed. I, I had, I had, I've, I didn't have too many fights with him, but there was one footy show. Um, and as you know, when he was hosting the footy show, he, he used to ask all the questions as well. Yeah, so as yeah. soon as – if he wanted to push that, he would just get in there and, yeah. and take over. Yeah. And you just sort of sit, sat back and thought, oh, this yeah. – just sit back and watch what goes on. So we got to the end of the first segment and Eddie was driving all the questions. I don't know who we were talking to or what was going on. And then he's come over to the panel, but he directed it at me. He said – Get yourself involved in the show. Like, really yelled it. And I said, well, how can I when you're asking all the bloody questions? So I went straight back at him. And I thought, oh, that's probably not a good career move. Um, Anyway, he went back over there. But as you said, we just got on with it. He's like, get yourself into the show. But I'm like, how do you get yourself into a show when, you know, you got the host asking all the questions and and taking charge? But um, but no, no, he'll always have your back. Yeah, no. And he'll get in the trenches with you. You know, like obviously with suspensions and backing you up in the media and things like that. And yeah, look, you know, a couple of off-field – indiscretions at different stages which he's been able to hide for me and things like that I won't go into those but um, don't just drop one or two of them realities so no he was he was sensational and you know I've got a lot to uh, lot to thank him for over the journey Mick Malthouse yeah love Mick Um, you know he was 
obviously I've come from um, a couple of uh, coaches that were interesting characters at Fremantle to to Mick when he was right up in his prime. Um, yeah, great coach. Um, you know, he, he probably helped me re- reinvent my career as a tagger and got me into the midfield and said, you know, look, I trust you if you if you you know got the form, got the fitness, I'll I'll give you opportunity. So there was there were stages where he he, he probably could have just gone with what he knew and that's keep Lacuria in there or whoever else, and he gave me opportunity and and um, and then he just left me there after that. So, but yeah, we had a really good relationship. Uh, but Mick was one of those coaches that would, if you're in good form, he wouldn't say too much to you. He'd just go, yeah, he'd give you a wink and. A a bit of a pat on the bum and if you're in ordinary form look out you know he'd ride you <laughs> like you like you wouldn't believe um yep. uh, but i remember i think it was the start of 2003 i think uh no 2004 the next year paul lecure and i were in the gym and um and uh, he would just walk past and and we were actually talking about him saying geez he's riding us hard at the moment because we weren't we we're in okay form but we weren't yep. playing where we should be and he walks past he goes and he's got his hands on his hips and he used to do this and look at you real weird and he's going oh you too what the bloody hell's wrong with you two at the moment? Like real serious. Yeah, and he yeah. just, then he just walks off and that's it. So you, you, <laughs> and so you just go, oh, shit, we better, have a good, we better have a good one this week or we're going to be And you and Lakira, you would have been doing bicycle. <laughs> <at the time. laughs> like you would have been. Everyone's, everyone's done their weights. Yeah, that's There's right. you two yeah. doing your bicycle. And while your while, while we was on the other side there too, Shane Wade <laughs> yeah, doing a few triceps. Well. Yeah, we, we used to make a uh, conscious effort to stay in the gym 20 minutes longer than everyone else and the days of, oh, we'll do some eccentric loading on the biceps and uh, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't really help you well, get that, a kick, does but, it? But, but they, used, they used to work because you did a lot of wave from footy oh, as well. You that did, actually reminds me. If you I did can some just calendars. Cut, if I can cut in just for one sec, <laughs> this is a good story. And it's about Mick and about the gym. Yes, yeah. But uh, I remember I tagged Ben Cousins um, in a pre-season game in West Coast and he absolutely towed me. Um and I was like, I was the most ripped and fit looking yeah. that I've ever been in my life, right? And at the end of the, uh, at the review after the game, he's gone, he goes, Holland, he goes, they don't help you, those abs things, they don't help you much, do they? He goes, what about the guns? How are they looking tonight? You know, like he's just ripping into me. And yeah. then he goes, and he goes, if you look, if you, if you look up the word abdominals in the dictionary, you'll see a picture of Brody Holland in there. He goes, does it help you get a kick, son? No. <laughs> uh, was there a bit of humour in there uh, or was he very angry at the oh, time? Oh, there's a bit of humour. There was a bit of humour. But no, he was really angry at the time. <laughs> but I think he just kind of liked to. He said, mate, pre-season game. Yeah. Why am I going to yeah, sh- play exactly, my cards yeah. pre-season game? Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, talking uh, back would have been yeah. a good idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But that's yeah. quite funny. They want you to be fit and, you know, yeah. looking at your very best. Yeah. And then he rips into you. Yeah. You, know, what, you got all these abs, why? Yeah. What's the point of that? Yeah, exactly right. No, but he was good. Look, he, he was quite funny, Mick. Like, he... I, I don't think he tried to be funny, to be honest, but he was actually, <laughs> he was just, when he'd have a dig at someone and, you know, just yeah. an opposition player too, he'd occasionally have a dig at how soft they were and change yeah. their names and things like that, just to, <laughs> just to suit. Um, so that was that was kind of funny, but that was good because it gave you a bit of ammo f- when you got to game day and you know, for, for sledging. Uh, you knew what to say. <laughs> so, so you knew he was tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how was he with yeah. you doing stuff away from footy? So you yeah. used to do... Box of yeah. short parades and, you know, you're in the, the men's calendars and stuff like that for a while. Mm. So mm. how was he with that? Was he okay? 
he was actually fine with all that yep. stuff. As long as you, you turned up and you played hard and you got the job done, he really wouldn't care what you did. Yep. Uh, but look out if, you know, if, you, if you're doing too much of that and you're not playing well. Uh, you know, he'd, uh, but uh, I remember one stage, yeah, we'd come to contract time, probably the best season that I ever had in 2005, nearly won the Copeland that year. And, and um, um, I was trying to stick my hand out for a bit more cash and they were trying to pull me back and I was asking for more and no, no, no. So we, you- yeah. So yeah. who who do you go and have those conversations with? Oh, just my manager at the time. Oh, okay, so, just saying, yeah. hey, you know. Like, yeah, think, I was I'm with because okay. you were with Ned too, weren't yep. you? Yeah, so I was with Ned and their mob. And, Conflicted, um, you know. Yeah. That's a former Collingwood, yeah. you know, Premiership player, Craig Kelly. Yeah, well, I was, I was. All he wanted to do was make sure Bucks was looked after, <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> yeah. else, who cares? That's what I tell him <laughs> now. That's what I'm saying. But um, now he. Um, I, oh yeah, I went into negotiate and oh, look, I'd never was on money. Like I never really got good money. Probably the best money I got was when I got traded, and it still wasn't great. It was okay. Um, so I was never on good money. I was all sort of mediocre money. I finally got top five in the best and fairest twice, second in the BNF, and I was probably the most improved player on the list. And I wanted a little bit more cash and. And I think we had some salary cap issues by the, by the looks of things. So even so back I'll, then, calling yeah. Look, I think they'll squeeze a little bit, or they're trying to yeah, or, squeeze me so they can get more they out of someone else. That's what obviously. they say all the time. Every club, <laughs> oh, we got salary cap issues. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. you're kidding, aren't you? Yeah, we're last on the ladder for the last four years. <laughs> You're telling me we're paying yeah. some of these players top That's money. That's right. Yeah, it makes you wonder sometimes. But um, I, um, I, in the end, they said to me, and the manager sort of uh, helped with this, and they said, look, Brody is get, getting some decent money off field at the moment with Dancing with the Stars and yep. this, that, and the other. Can he continue doing as much of this stuff as he can to cater for what he might be missing on the contract? Yep. And they were open to that. And that was the only way they could get me to sign the on the dotted line, even though I was never going to leave, but I, I just wanted a little bit more. Thought I deserved a little bit more at that stage. But um, so yeah, I'd, for the next couple of years, I sort of they let me was a bit open sailor yep. for, for stuff uh, off field. Mm. Now, normally on a footy field, it seems like mm. you go hard at each other, you, you say what you've got to say, mm. and you shake hands at the end of the game. Yeah. A famous player from Port Adelaide did not take that approach with you. <laughs> named Kane Corns. Oh, he didn't want to shake your hand. Worse. Oh, Corns, yes, Not yes. only did he not no. shake his hand, yeah, yeah. walked up to him, stuck his middle finger up at him and walked <laughs> off the field. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, what true, happened? Story, true story. Um, oh, look, he was pretty young. I, was feel, I would have been probably 22 and he would have been probably a couple of years younger. He would have been 18, 19, 20 maybe. I can't remember. But he was fairly young coming through and obviously we all knew the Corns name and all the rest of it. And the easiest sledge of all time would be to say what? To Kane Corns? Not as good as your dad? You're only here because of your dad. Oh, okay. So I I, I use that one on him. And he goes, oh, I haven't heard that one before. And I go, well, it's because it's true. (laughs) (laughs) And we just kept at each other all all day. Um, And um, anyway, they'd won, I think, less than a goal. It was one of those nail biters. And... And I was ready. I always had the arm cocked, ready to shake his hand. And he's—is there footage the of this? He's giving me the bird. So I, is, it, is it on camera? Yeah, you can sort of half see it. Oh, like that's you, good. you can see him like from a distance, giving him the bird. And I just ran at him and gave him a big push um, and shove. <laughs> this is after the siren. After the siren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a little bit of not a melee, yep. but just a bit of a light push and shove. Yep. People just breaking it up and all the rest of it. And and uh, and that was it. So anyway, <laughs> I remember. I was thinking, oh, that was a bit. Dirty, blah, blah blah, and then we got spat off, spat on on the way off the off yeah. the off the ground. That was a regular occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. At Adelaide Oval, was it? Uh, yeah. Adelaide. Oh, Amy, Amy, Amy Stadium. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that 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 was a 
That yeah, was and you're right. You had all the port supporters right there when you used to come off. Was, yeah, uh, I used to hate it. Like, yeah. when you run out, yeah. and uh, especially your captain, you lead the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, used to, he used to look around and go, oh, there's a couple of young boys, come up here, come up, you lead the way out, boys. Yeah, 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 I'm just going to grab something. So you push them out first, they cop it, and then you sneak Slide out and away you go. You know they're waiting yeah, for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but we, look, we... Um, I remember, I think it was Ryan Loney again. He's he must have been mates with Cornsey, and he got the message. Oh, I tell Dutchie, he said, "I'm sorry, I don't know what was come over me." Tell him I said, "I'm sorry, I'm really ashamed of what I did." Blah blah blah. And I said, "I'd tell him, don't worry about it. We've moved on now. No, no yep. dramas." But I think it came up in the media about a year ago. Uh, oh right, yep. And uh, he said, oh, "I've never had this chance to play? say this, but I want to apologise to Collingwood Footy Club and, and oh, Brodie Holland." He's so been he, holding on to it for yeah, a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So we that all do things that we look back on and think, "Oh, mm. okay." Mm. But that's that's what it does, you know. Mm. Pressure of the game, you want to do well. You, everyone's, you know, correct. Sort of, they just get in your heads mm. and say, "This is it, life or death." You've got to find oh, a way to win. That's right. So you act very differently. That's right. To what we are these days. Yeah, very mature, like, oh, well, sophisticated. I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> now, Brody, there's lots of talk about Tassie yeah. getting a team. Yes. Do you think they should? And if they had one when you were playing, would yeah. you have gone back to play for them? Oh, I would have. Would have loved to have played for Tassie. Um, and that's one thing I, w- I would love to do in future if they were to get a team. And I think they'll they'll, they'll get one. Um, is go down and help out in some capacity, um, whether it be coaching or development or, or whatever. Yeah. I, I would absolutely love to do that. Um, I know Brendan Bolton's been a big push. Uh, Chris Fagan as well. Chris Fagan was my under-18s coach. Was he really? Um, yeah. Brendan yeah. Bolton was my roommate yeah, in right. the under-18s as well. Oh. So there's a bit of connection there. We're like the Indigenous boys. We're, we're pretty close, the Tassie crew. Um, not too close. <laughs> so what I've heard down in Tasmania, we spent a lot of time down there at the Hawks. But uh, yeah, a lot of good football people from down that yeah. way. Yeah, that's um, right. And that makes mm. sense. And they're, they're mm. producing a lot of good coaches and a lot of people who are really passionate right. about their footy. That's right. So that would be uh, mm. a nice little job going back there even as in, a, in, you know, in some kind of coaching mm. capacity. It would be and great. It's a bit to, like to get uh, what's a basketball team, the Jack Jumpers at the moment. Or jack what? Jumpers, yes, the Jack Jumpers. You know, yeah. they're getting they're, they're gathering a bit of momentum yeah. um, and it would be the same with the footy I reckon Correct. they could get a bit of momentum the footy they'll, they'll get right behind the footy you can see what's happening with Hawks and yep. even North Melbourne I mean they get you know, full crowds down there with, with a team that's not even really their team yeah, makeshift yep. team for them really um, but your own t- I, I could see being packed out so I remember uh, the Tassie Devils and then the VFL they were getting five or six thousand uh, people to those games and, and I remember yeah, if you have a Tasmanian team yeah. they have to be called the Tassie Devils yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you think yep. it just it just makes sense yeah. Yeah. you can't give me anything out what what else could you possibly call them well, you, yeah, maybe the Tassie Tigers. <laughs> I don't the think Tassi, it could be too tiger. The, the, no, the Tassie Thylacines. <laughs> the Tassie, the Tassie Devils just works, mm. you know. There's still a few yeah. Tassie Devils down that way too. Yeah. I'll you take your word for that one. Uh, what's it called? Cradle Mountain. There's Cradle a little Mountain. Uh, little yeah. setup there where you can go and have a look at a few. Near yeah. Nudist Beach. Uh, <laughs> bit chilly down that way. <laughs> well, they do have this nude swim next to the casino once a year, where they they all there's about five hundred. <laughs> Charge into the water. What's the river there called? Derwent River. The Derwent River. Yeah. And they swim out around and back in. And it's, it's just, just cold in there. You wouldn't oh, be. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You, 
You wouldn't be trying to advertise yourself. Out, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's an innie, not an outie. It'd be like that night on the footy show, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 Sam, yeah. you know, it wasn't even cold that night, but it looked very cold with him. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so <laughs> now you, you mentioned uh, Dancing with the Stars. You're on yep. da- how'd you find that? Because it's amazing yeah. footy gets you an opportunity to do other things. Yeah. And you don't have to do it if you don't want to, yeah. but... What a great opportunity to try yeah. and test yourself to do something yeah. very different. And yeah. how did you go? Were you a, a blue light disco operator back in Hobart? <laughs> Is that I wasn't much you of a dancer, to, to be honest. I used to you know, have a crack, but I wasn't much of a dancer. But um, that was fun. Like, I yep. had an absolute ball. Was that in Sydney or Melbourne? I was in Mel- it was Melbourne based. So as soon as the season finished 2005, and look, I probably should have been giving my Achilles arrest at this stage, <laughs> too. But I reckon it yep. nearly cost me yeah, another, that probably didn't another help. four years of my career dancing with the stars. Uh, but. Um, Oh, yeah, it was obviously yeah, pretty tough, you know, five hours a day training and all the rest of it. And once I had the dance down pat, I, I would just go, no, nah, I've done enough. I'm, I'm done. Yep. Because I, I just thought, I'm not going to get through. I'm not a good dancer. As long as I know the steps. You, you hung around for a while, though, didn't I you? I got through to the eighth round. Well, I, fin- yeah. I finished fourth. Um, but I, had to go, I ended up having to go to a, um, a training camp. Uh, they started pre-season touch early and we went to Arizona. Uh, the training camp. So I ended up having to... You didn't fly. Well, dance flew, part no, what, what? What? No, what we did was, what we did was I, we pre-recorded five dances just in case oh my I got through in one week. Oh. It was, it was, it was okay. the worst. And then I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning in Arizona to do the crossover. And mate, I was, my eyes were like this. I've been training like you wouldn't believe in Arizona yeah, so in altitude. Desperate, yeah, altitude uh, and you need your sleep. Yeah, and I'm, I got up and I had the, the Mexican hat on. <laughs> <laughs> and so did your teammates know uh, what's going on in uh, that other room? They pop their head in and then. <laughs> yeah, they took me off. Brody with his Mexican hat on <laughs> <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Um, what, it what wasn't did, quite was, like that. <laughs> imagine Bucks popping his head in. The seriousness of Nathan Buckley. Well, I don't think they told Bucks. I don't <laughs> yeah. think he would have let it happen. So, um, but uh, unfortunately, because I had to leave and go, I, I think I had the most votes. They said I had the most votes leading into the week that I had to leave. But most people, I think, in the public thought that I was had to leave no matter what. So my my votes dropped anyway from top to bottom. And I was gone. So, and that left me, left me at four. So I thought that we better pre-record these dances because he's going to get through based on his votes that pre- that previous week. Um, but they look at a lot of fun. Had a, had a ball with it. Met some good people and some great friends. And uh, I probably, talk, look, I was really shy in front of the camera probably up until that stage. So at least it gave me a little bit. It's like doing a uh, media course all in 10 weeks. Yeah. Bang. And just, you, you, you learn well, pretty Well, they're trying quickly. to get stuff out of you. And, yeah, and they yeah. want that conversation Correct. to come out of you and tell us what you're thinking, mm. what's going through your head. And uh, who else was in your year? Was there... Uh, I had uh, Dicko. Um, we had... Uh, uh, Chris Bath, the newsreader, she won yes. it. Uh, Ada, oh, Ada Nicodemo, uh, yep. she finished. Home uh, and away. Yep, home and away. She finished second. We had uh, um, uh, Cam, David Campbell, who's yes. yeah, yep. now yeah. on Channel 9. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, right. So basically everyone's gone on with it except for and me. And you, you probably basically. find everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you probably find that uh, um, everyone's, you know, nice to be around, nice to work with. Yeah. Good people, no, they, yep. were, they were great. We, we had some fun times too. We had some some good after parties after the show, and um, but it was just I just love getting in that day where you get the green room and it's just the build up to the night, and you yep. do the pre rehearsals and and then a dress rehearsal. We have a couple of 
drinks before you go on, you're getting the makeup done, and everyone's vibed. Um, and and, and uh, live too at times. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. You know, all right, okay. Yeah. I've only got one crack at this. Yeah, it was fun. And, so and, and Dicko used to go, I remember he could just feel the, the you know, when we we're all nervous, Dicko would go, at first I was afraid, I was <laughs> petrified, and everyone just starts singing. <laughs> um, so um, that was a lot of fun, and, and I, I became quite good friends with Dicko through all of that. And um, Yeah, no, it was, it was good. And um, Like I said, I probably shouldn't have done it because it probably cost me a little bit with the Achilles because I remember coming back to train and going, oh, geez, I'm still a bit sore with this Achilles. Yeah. yeah? Uh, and I, met, I missed two weeks at the start of the pre-season. I, really, I think it's the first time I've told anyone this, actually, so hopefully uh, Mick's not listening. Um, I'll probably cost him. I think uh, they would have worked it all out. <laughs> well, they got their their flag, so they'll be happy. But um, but it would have been nice to hang on for another couple of years and get and be part of 2010. But it wasn't to be. Mm. Brody, we've mm. loved having a chat to you mm. today. We're going to finish with some quick fire questions. Yep. Biggest footy highlight. Uh, the biggest footy highlight would have to be grand final. Grand final week, not grand final day, because it wasn't great. But um, this this that whole week, and um, I would say. Biggest footy regret? Probably not talking to, to Mick in that week leading into the grand final and saying, put me in, I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. Best sled you heard on a footy field? Uh, I remember... Probably the finger from Kane Corn. <laughs> <laughs> remember Jess Sinclair saying to the Geelong boys, McGrath and uh, Barry Stoneham, I'd rather be dead than be red. Oh, gee. And he's uh, half that, their that, size. We were up by five goals and lost by ten oh. after that comment. Do <laughs> 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 uh, you ever say that? Is that, is that racist well, or something? No, no, no. Or what is <laughs> no. Provoking the what category does that go You know, you got to pick your target. you got to pick your targets. He's picking yeah. two guys who oh, are six no. foot four, six Six foot five. Yeah, well, I think I think the call was because we had about five blokes with ponytails, and they were he was running past like a little poodle with his like his, <laughs> yeah, his yeah, hair yeah, tied yeah, up. Yeah, he goes, Look at all these soft, you know what's yep. with the ponytails, and he goes, "I'd rather be dead than be red." <laughs> <laughs> As he trotted off like a little poodle. <laughs> uh, and final one, mm. best spray you heard from a coach. Uh, best spray. Oh, jeez, seen some pretty good sprays. Um, Oh, look, I, I, I still reckon, even though I couldn't hear what he was saying, Mick Malthouse after the grand final, because he was he was yelling obscenities, everything, um, having a crack at everybody. Uh, I don't know what he said, but it was just loud. It was very loud. Loud and angry. Loud and angry. Yep. Not something that you are, but you've been an absolute star on this mm. podcast. Well done on a 155-game career, and thanks so much for having a chat today, Brody. Thanks, Quinny. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Cheers.